0: Presentation of Catholic Drive Time. We have a very special lineup this week. Listen on Wednesday at this time for an exclusive live interview with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. On Thursday, you will hear a preview of the new GRN morning show debuting next week. And Friday, listen for special EWTN coverage of the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this encore broadcast of Catholic Drive Time from the Guadalupe Radio Network.
1: Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time Keeping you informed and inspired We love God, we ought
2: to be able to talk about Him Getting you started on your day
1: With the latest in breaking news and information From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between It's
2: serious, it's fun,
3: it's your Catholic Drive Time
4: And welcome to Catholic Drive Time, this is your host Adrian Fonseca Today is Friday, January 12th, 2024 Yeah, that's right, 2024 I'm on a roll. I haven't messed up in a few days. The saint of the day is Saint Benedict Biscop. That's probably not the correct pronunciation. It's a Northumbrian name, so I'm not an expert in Northumbrian. But he was born in 628 into Northumbrian nobility, and he was raised in the court of the King of England. He served King Oswy as a personal aide de camp, which I had to look that word up, and it's, I think, one of my new favorite words. Basically, he was a close confidant of the king. And so an aide de camp, distinguishing himself in the use of arms and receiving numerous awards for his valor and for his fidelity. Now, after a pilgrimage to Rome, Benedict decided to leave his military career and enter the religious life. He actually went to the king and requested permission. Imagine that conversation. How amazing it must have been to go up to the king, your close confidant, you're his close confidant, You are a military leader, you have valor in battle, and you go to your king in all humility and ask him to take your sword, for you would like to take on the habit. He went on to aid to promoting Roman religious art and liturgy there in Britain. Benedict was a member of the Order of St. Benedict. Can you believe it? What a coincidence. He founded several monasteries with the monastery of St. Peter at Wearmouth. In 674, being the most notable, he also reformed existing monasteries to ensure a strict adherence to the rule of life. He was a trusted advisor to Saint Theodore and the Archbishop of Canterbury, and to Saint Adrian, uh, contributing to their activities there in England. Now, do we know anything about Saint Adrian? I couldn't find anything about him. I wanted to know more about that part of his story there. From there, Benedict initiated an extensive program. In architecture and art. He introduced stained glass windows, wall paintings, Roman music, and sacred chants in the English churches. He facilitated the introduction of Roman religious styles to England, bringing in Italian architects and artists and liturgists, which greatly influenced English religious practice and aesthetics. He also standardized the religious ceremonies, authoring a book titled On the Celebration of Feast which played a significant role in organizing religious festivals. The and Rome now, at the end of his life, Benedict suffered from a painful paralysis that severely tested his patience, ultimately ending in his death in 690. Now, there are two kinds of saints, especially during the early church, I'm thinking the first about thousand years or so. There are those nation-builder saints, and then there are the nation-embellisher saints, Benedict's role was as a nation embellisher. He succeeded the area of nation founding saints there in England. And Benedict's contribution in art and architecture spread from religious to even the temporal spheres, enhancing the beauty of England during his time. Now, it's important to keep this last thing in mind. And this is the lesson that we should take from Benedict. His embellishments, embellishments were driven by deep contemplation And a warrior spirit. Why is this important to keep in mind and to think about? Because whenever there are weak men creating art, you get the art of the Renaissance, which no one would doubt is highly skillful. But you start seeing the rise of decadence because decadence results from effeminate men, from weak men, from men not willing to engage in the fight, those men who are not engaged in contemplation. Whereas you see the art that comes before that during medieval times, where it may not have been as perfect in its form, but its intention and its direction was all geared towards heavenly things as its primary end. So this combined nation of profound meditation and strength characterized the early stages of artistic development in these nations, marking Benedict as a key figure in the culture and religious development in england so what do we pray for from saint benedict on this his feast day Well let's pray and ask him to give us a spirit of contemplation and a warrior spirit so that way we may bring back the beauty that has been lost in our decadent age saint benedict Biscop, pray, pray for, for us. us joining us right now is
5: rudy carlos good morning to you rudy <laughs> good morning adrian uh, speaking of uh, of uh, of beauty right mm. it's just it's just amazing of great design you know we're giving away a 2024 Mercedes-Benz GLB 250? No kidding. And you got to take a look at this car, man. All right. Let me, where do I go to look it up? Go let to grnonline.com okay. forward slash raffle, and you're going to see all of the wonderful photos of this car that we're giving away here at the Guadalupe Radio Network. Whoa. It looks amazing. It comes in night black, and you can win it, dear listener. All you have to do is go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. And we're doing something a little bit differently this year. You can pick up a ticket not only for yourself, but one for your family, a family member, a person that you love, a person you think that needs a car, and you can pay it forward this time. Pick up a ticket for yourself and somebody you know and love, somebody who needs a car, and uh, you can pick them up for $25 a piece, or you can save and buy five for $100. GRNOnline.com forward slash raffle.
4: There you go. Praise be to God. GRNOnline.com forward slash raffle. I just... Got an email a few minutes ago saying that we have sold 154 pay it forward tickets so far, and our goal is 1,000 pay it forward tickets. So if you'd like to join us in that, grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Now, Rudy, today is
5: a very, very special day. Do you know what day it is? Today is Friday. It is Friday. Friday. That's so true. We made it. So true, King. We made it. You to the did morning. it but at what cost?
4: But at what cost? <laughs> today is also the day of the baptism of my cousin. Oh wow, yeah. that's awesome. My cousin Ivy, a little little baby Ivy, she's really cute, is getting baptized by my friend um later today. So I'm really excited to see to go to that baptism tonight.
5: That's really cool, man. I uh I encourage everybody to look up their uh baptismal anniversary date mm. celebrate it like you would a birthday or something.
4: My anniversary is on uh, is Easter.
5: Really? Yep.
4: Oh that's I easy was, to remember. I was baptized Easter nineteen ninety eight. Cool. So there you yeah.
5: go. Mine is March nineteenth. March nineteenth. Yeah. East Day St. Joseph. Let's Praise go. But today is also special for another reason. Okay. Uh we talked about the car we're mm-hmm. giving away. We talked mm-hmm. about Friday. We talked about mm-hmm. well, what is it? Well,
4: today is actually the birthday of our producer, Tim Mott. Happy hey. birthday, Tim! Woo-hoo. Praise be to God. Uh, Tim is waving. He's, there we go. Praise be to God. Stay tuned
5: on the after show where I will sing happy birthday to him like Marilyn Monroe. Please
4: don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> maybe we'll sing. Uh, maybe during the after show we'll sing him uh, Las Mañanitas. I would say we'll sing happy birthday, but I'm pretty sure happy birthday is copyrighted. So really? Yeah, that's why Mm -hmm. most movies, they'll sing, for he's a jolly good fellow, because they don't want to pay the royalties of singing the happy birthday song. Who owns the happy birthday song. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Isn't (laughs) that crazy? Or maybe we'll do the, may the dear Lord bless you, may the dear Lord bless you. Maybe we'll do that instead. We'll see. We'll see. So stick with us. We're going to have an awesome after show celebrating Tim's birthday. But God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. And... We got a lot to cover today, so let's jump straight into it all. At 15 past the hour, a man on video attacked a Las Vegas judge. That is has national significance for one particular reason, and I'll tell you about that. Plus, the Ecuador military did something that was really cool. I'll tell you about that coming up at 15 past the hour. 30 past the hour, Andrew Petterprin is going to be on with us to talk about Popcorn with the Pope, a guide to the Vatican film list. And in the next hour, Dave Palmer just can't handle it anymore. So we're going to talk about Kant, Immanuel Kant, and St. Thomas Aquinas. This is coming up on the show today. So you want to stick tuned for everything. Let's begin with prayer. We're going to be praying the divine praises as an act of reparation against blasphemies, against the most holy name of Jesus. We're going to pray for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for And for a special way today, we pray for Tim on this, his birthday. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin, and Mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos.
5: Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here are just some of your breaking news and headlines today. The African bishops say no to blessing for homosexual couples in the African churches. In response to new Vatican guidelines permitting non-liturgical pastoral blessings of homosexual couples, the bishops of Africa have issued a united statement in which they say there will be no blessings for homosexual couples in the African churches. The letter was written by Cardinal Fidelin Ambongo and was the synthesis of all of the African bishops' opinions. He says that while the African bishops have strongly reaffirmed their communion with Pope Francis, they believe that the extra-liturgical blessings that are proposed in the Declaration Fuducia Fiducia Supplicans cannot be carried out in Africa without exposing themselves to scandals. And the COVID six feet social distancing uh, rule likely lacked scientific basis, Fauci admits. In a subcommittee on the COVID pandemic, Dr. Anthony Fauci revealed that the six feet apart recommendation championed by him and many other U.S. public health officials was likely not based on scientific data. This is according to Chairman Brad Wenstrup from Ohio, who also said, quote, It's clear that dissenting opinions were often not considered or suppressed. And should a future pandemic arise, America's response must be guided by scientific facts and conclusive data, unquote. Now just imagine if they got that one wrong, what else did they make up out of the blue? Who knows? And the U.S. insufficiently tracked more than $1 billion worth of weapons for Ukraine, the Pentagon watchdog finds. The investigation focused on how the Department of Defense kept tabs on nearly 40,000 items considered sensitive and especially vulnerable to smuggling operations. DoD officials failed to compile full or timely inventories of 69% of the $1.6 billion worth of items. Lawmakers in recent months have intensified pressures for increased oversight on weapons, equipment, and uh, humanitarian assistance devoted to Ukraine since the invasion. The items encompassed in the watchdog report represented just a fraction of the nearly $45 billion worth of security aid the U.S. has committed and uh, highlights the challenges to the, uh, the, the end use and monitoring of war zone equipment. Now those are some of your headline news this morning, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more.
4: The gospel of the day comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And it's very unfortunate that we don't have enough time to go through too much of this. But we'll focus on just a couple things here. One, this is the passage where our Lord heals the paralytic man who is brought by his four friends. Now, what do the four friends symbolize? The four friends symbolize the virtues of the fortitude, justice, temperance, and prudence. That's the four cardinal virtues. Because it is those virtues that lift up a man. That is the man and the faith of his soul. Uh, this is from Cornelius Elopidae. The other thing that's important to keep in mind is the fact that he forgives his sins and then heals him of the paralysis. And Cornelius Elopidae says, okay, our Lord asks, which is easier? And in one way, you could say, saying your sins are forgiven is easier because you're just saying the words. There's no way to prove whether or not it happened or not. I can say your sins are forgiven, but I can't actually forgive your sins. So in one way, it's easier, but in reality, it's more difficult because to forgive someone's sins, you have to be able to, to truly forgive their sins. It has to be someone who has infinite power because all offenses against God are infinite offenses for we offend God. is all-powerful all-knowing all-loving and so when we offend him the debt we incur cannot be surmounted by human hands so yes he healed the paralytic man but more importantly and more amazingly he
1: healed and forgave his sins we'll be right back with more Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question if you're a non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst, that is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So, you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh.
6: Guadalupe Radio Network announces the launch of La Promesa Legacy Circle, formed to recognize and honor our dedicated donors who have made long-term commitments to the network through gifts from their estates. We invite you to join our family and allow us to be a part of your personal legacy. For more information on making a legacy gift for the benefit of the GRN and a guide to charitable estate planning, contact our friends at the Catholic Foundation at 972-661-9792 or info at catholicfoundation.com
4: and welcome back to Catholic Drive Time this is your host Adrian Fonseca praise be to God it's so good to be on with you today yes it is good to be with you don't let anybody tell you otherwise no matter what they say it's still good to be here and you know why it's good to be here with you because today we're still in the season of epiphany we're in epiphany tide which means That we can still give gifts. We can still give gifts. And if you're thinking, okay, well, I forgot to give gifts for that one family member. And I forgot to get a gift for that one friend. What should I do? Have any suggestions? Well, here's a suggestion for you. If you're looking for something to get that special friend of yours for the Christmas season. Well, here is a suggestion. Think about going to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. When you go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle, you can actually pick up a raffle ticket for a chance to win a brand new Mercedes-Benz 2024 in night black. You can win that. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. But not only could you win that prize, you could actually win it for someone else. You could purchase one and pay it forward, put it in their name. So that would be an awesome gift to give someone an opportunity to win a brand new car. So if you know anybody who you forgot to get a gift for, make sure that you go and check that out. That would be an awesome thing to do. That's grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Okay, on to today's stories. There was a story, maybe you saw it on video because it kind of went viral. It's It's really bad, but it also was kind of funny. The headline is, a man on video attacking Las Vegas judge was granted probation multiple times, once by the same judge. Now, just as a side note, it was kind of funny because the guy is standing there. and He's talking about, I've reformed my life. Everything is better. I've gotten help and I had a lot of mental health problems, but I'm on the right track now. So would you please give me probation and let me go home? And he was already out. He was allowed to go home and the judge was sentencing and saying, "Okay, well, your rap sheet is too long, too big. I'm not going to let you go. And the guy immediately curses at her and Superman jumps, leaps over the judge's bench, tackles the lady to the ground, and then he gets jumped by all the police officers. And it was kind of funny because you just see the, the contrast. The guy is claiming, oh, yeah, I'm reformed. Everything is good. Everything is great. And immediately after he doesn't get what he wants, he immediately switches over and he leaps over the bench to try to attack her, which he successfully attacked her. Now, the reason why this story has national significance in my mind is because of how many crimes this guy committed and how many times, how long it took for him to get a real punishment because, well, I'm going to go through some of his rap sheets, some of his history here. This is not uncommon. This is actually the norm. And it took him attacking a judge to get the book thrown at him. Nobody cares about the victims who he's, who he's attacked previously. He tried to attack somebody, I think he successfully attacked somebody, with a baseball bat to the kneecaps. He has robbed people. The guy has committed so many crimes, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Let me see if I can go through some of these things. It says Redden, who appeared in court with his mother, had three felony convictions and nine misdemeanor convictions on his record, according to documents the 8 News Now investigators obtained. In 2012, he was convicted of assault causing bodily injury to a family member. A judge sentenced him to 45 days in jail. In 2013, Redden was convicted three times. For domestic battery, documents said. He was ordered to attend anger management classes and spend two months in jail and pay a fine. In 2014, Redden was convicted for attempted theft, documents say. A judge sentenced him to probation, which he violated several times. Redden then entered a mental health court program. While on probation, Redden was twice convicted of domestic battery, tampered with his alcohol monitoring bracelet, and violated other terms, documents said. He was also charged with kicking police officers in the knee. Also, during his probation in 2018, Redden was convicted of battery with substantial bodily harm. In that case, he bit a woman and broke the windows of a man's car with a rock. Again, a judge sentenced Redden to probation. A judge honorably discharged him from probation in 2020 and 2021. In 2021, Redden was convicted again for a domestic battery. In that case, a different judge sentenced him to a term of 12 to 30 months. A board granted Redden parole in 2022. Also in 2021, police charged Redden with attempted home invasion and destroying the property of another person. In January 2023, Redden appeared before Holtos, and then this happened. So this is his rap sheet. Why did it take him attacking a judge for them to throw the book at him? He should have had the the book thrown at him from the beginning. How many people's lives were altered completely because people refused to enforce the law? Mercy to the guilty is cruelty to the innocent. Because this isn't mercy. Who is this mercy to? Allowing this man back on the streets, he commits domestic battery over and over and over again. And they give him a few days, maybe a couple months in jail, and he back, he's back out and does it again. And not until he attacks a judge does anybody care. This is the common thing. They don't. The people who are in charge, our judges, our politicians, they don't care that crime affects you and I. They don't care until it affects them, and then they say, oh, we need to throw this guy in jail for life. Well, yeah, what about the people who were initially harmed? How do you think they feel? What do you think they think about this? So I'm glad the guy is getting the book thrown at him now, and I imagine he's going to get a long time in jail. He has a hearing in February now. And they're charging him with an additional, I think, eight counts of felony battery because he they're counting every single police officer that jumped him and he like attacked all of them. So he's getting charged with a lot more, but it took all this. So let this be a lesson for us to say, let's not wait until things get this bad before we decide, okay, now we're going to try to enforce a law. Let's enforce a law from the beginning. it It's kind of crazy how things work. If you... Enforce a law, you have less crimes. It's pretty amazing how that works. So on to this story. Let's switch over to a good news story. This is a really cool story. I saw this, and I was super, super enthused by it. So this is from Tradicion y Acción Ecuador, which is the TFP branch in Ecuador. They put out this uh, video. Where they are doing a, they visit, they're doing like a Fatima visit, but it's with Our Lady of Good Success. And they brought it to the Ecuadorian military. And so they went to there, to the Ecuadorian military, and they were shouting, Viva Cristo Rey, Viva la Virgen Maria. And so they were chanting that. And they brought the, Our Lady of Good Success. And all the soldiers in Ecuador are coming to venerate Our Lady of Good Success. It was really, really cool. I saw this, and the TFP members are all taking pictures with the military. The military is coming around. They're all posing around Our Lady of Good Success for a group photo. It's really cool. I am very impressed by this, and I hope and pray that we have the same spirit here in the United States. Imagine if we had our military having Our Lady of Fatima come visit the military, and then all the members of the military get around and take pictures with Our Lady of Fatima, so praise be to God. I know things are really bad in Ecuador right now, and there's a lot of civil unrest. There is armed conflict in Ecuador, and maybe, just maybe, this will cause people to have a return to Our Lady of Good Success, because uh, Our Lady of Good Success is an is a Ecuadorian uh, devotion, primarily. That was where the apparitions originally happened. Obviously, it's for all of us, but most primarily for them. So there's your good news story for the day. Now, on to this story. Vatican officials says St. Peter's Basilica will bless homosexual couples. Clergy at St. Peter's Basilica will bless same-sex couples, according to a report in the Italian newspaper, La Messagero. That's probably mispronouncing that, Italian. Uh, the only words I can pronounce are some English words. You have to <laughs> forgive me, English is my first language. <laughs> the archpriest of Rome's most famous church, Cardinal Mauro Gambetti has stated that the blessings of homosexual couples could happen there. He says, quote, to show the world the maternal face of the church and along the lines of what Pope Francis has asked for, Gambetti reportedly said. However, he added that as yet nobody has asked for the canons of the basilica for such a blessing. He said, quote, it doesn't seem to me that reports have come in. The cardinal stated and added that they, presumably the clergy of the basilica, will move straight along the furrow that has been cut. So, what do we learn from this? We learn, one, they will be blessing same-sex couples at St. Peter's Basilica. Two, it hasn't happened yet. And three, it'll happen very, very soon. As soon as this news came out, you know some homosexual activists are planning a trip to St. Peter's Basilica to ask so they can get pictures and get all these things. It'll make national news. So, just letting you know ahead of time what's coming so you're not scandalized by it when it happens because they're telling you we're going to do this. No one's asked for it yet. So we haven't done it yet, but we're perfectly and we are all willing to do it. So that is a very concerning story. Hopefully the clergy there have a little bit of resistance and don't go along to get along. All right. One more thing. I want to talk about the African Bishop story, but Rudy covered it. So I'll save that for like the last 30 seconds if we have time. But I do want to make a prediction. So, Donald Trump yesterday was in an interview and he said that he had, in fact, chosen a VP, but he wouldn't say, announce who it was.
5: Okay, all right. Look, I know people are speculating already. Mm-hmm. It's me. I
4: knew it. That was going to be me. my guess.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I ran into him at a Whataburger and he was like, hey, uh, you yeah, he people got VP? to talking and. I said, "Hey, man, you got a VP?" Uh, I was really bold about it. Right? I had a resume ready, and I just gave it to him. He was like, "Wow, you've done photography in California?" He said, "Wow, You're I can't. Hired. That's that's I can't even do the the, the Trump <laughs> impression." <laughs> no,
4: I think I personally think that he's going to choose, and he's going to announce today that's going to be Rand Paul on a Friday. On a Friday, hmm. you know why? Because Rand Paul announced yesterday that he was had a big announcement. he was going to make today and he said uh, he was like oh you i haven't talked about the presidential elections at all which is very strange for me but i wanted to uh make an announcement so tune in tomorrow and i'll be making a major announcement about the presidential run and i was like huh and it would make sense because it would help gather some of the libertarian votes over to uh donald trump's side Mm -hmm. so i could see that being a, a political strategy there so that's my prediction maybe i'm completely wrong and ram paul is going to make a i don't even i don't know what other announcement he can make about the presidential election that would be of any consequence
5: should we make bets about it no definitely not
4: <laughs> <laughs> i do not like making bets i hate losing money I, I, I am like i am i am gambling averse that is a, a verse i am not that is not my vice hmm. i have my vice is dr pepper good to know so there you go all right we're gonna go to a quick break when we come back Popcorn with the Pope, a guide to the Vatican film list. Did you even know the Vatican had a film list? We're going to talk about that coming up in just one moment. So don't go anywhere. We're going to want to tune in because we have a lot more on Catholic Drive Time right after this.
3: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, I accept some of the things the church teaches, but I could never embrace the entire creed because there are some things in it that I just don't have any use for. G.K. Chesterton says, You might as well say that there's a great many things in the Encyclopedia Britannica that you don't have any use for. The church, like the encyclopedia, is meant for everybody, and not just for you. It is meant for everybody, which just happens to include you. The Catholic Church is a combination of things that are nevertheless one thing. We cannot accept only part of it without rejecting all of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org.
7: Hi, Julie Carrick here, host of We Sing Our Faith, sharing the music and ministry of many of today's Catholic recording artists. I am delighted to be the host of this weekly program on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time. Julie Carrick with We Sing Our Faith, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central, here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
0: You are listening to an Encore presentation of Catholic Drive Time. We have a very special lineup this week. Listen on Wednesday at this time for an exclusive live interview with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. On Thursday, you will hear a preview of the new GRN morning show debuting next week. And Friday, listen for special EWTN coverage of the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this Encore broadcast of Catholic Drive Time from the Guadalupe Radio Network.
5: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. The Biden administration trained teachers to censor conservative media. The Biden administration reportedly worked with a German government agency to train hundreds of American school teachers to turn their uh, students against conservative media. One would think... That the United States embassy to Germany would be focused on advancing the interests of the United States and Germany, wrote Tim Kilcullen. He says continuing under the Biden administration, though, it was the reverse. And here's another one. The U.S. and U.K. launch retaliatory strikes against uh, Iran-backed Houthis, answering months of attacks on global trade. The US and UK executed a joint strike against 60 Houthi targets in Yemen to counter threats to merchant shipping in the Red Sea. The strike involving warships, aircraft, and a submarine aimed to degrade the Houthi capabilities. Radar systems and air defense and missile sites were the main targets of the strikes, with the UK contributing RAF typhoon jets for precision strikes. Typhoon jets, that sounds really cool. Uh, The joint uh, action follows warnings of consequences for continued Houthi attacks on global trade ships in the Red Sea. Concerns arise over disruptions in the sea, impacting shipping costs and inflation in the West. Now those are all of your headline news this morning. Thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time, and may God bless all of your holy efforts today.
4: Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. And I want to know what a typhoon jet is. Is that a
5: jet ty- po- powered by typhoons? It's imagine a. If that it, was a it just it, a typhoon appears and the jet comes out of it. It shoots out typhoons. Oh my goodness! Imagine,
4: imagine. That's what it would be. Nah, it's probably just a cool name. I want to be the guess. copy
5: editor for military equipment. It just, just like, comes with the things. coolest stuff. <laughs>
4: <laughs> like
5: market it to them. It's a tornado engine.
4: It's like, oh, does it like have the horsepower of a tornado, or does it like what is it powered by a tornado? No, no, I just I just like the name tornado engine. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: probably easy to market. You know what
4: else is a really cool name? Popcorn with the Pope's. Mm, I was gonna say a Mercedes Benz. I was going to say Mercedes-Benz in night black, specifically a 2024 Mercedes-Benz in night black. Um, but that is also cool. In fact, if someone wanted a Mercedes-Benz, but they were like, you know, I can't drop, I don't know, what is it, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 on a Mercedes-Benz. How else could someone get one?
5: Well, you would have to crack open your laptop, right? Mm-hmm. You go type in grnonline.com forward slash raffle, mm. and you'll see all of the information, pictures of the car, the the specs of the car, the designation GLB, which means God loves blessing. And oh. He's going to love blessing you if you win this car. Right. And you can purchase tickets there. It's really convenient. All you have to do is uh, you know, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle and pick up a ticket for yourself or one of your loved ones. How much are tickets? $25 a pop. That's- or if you're economically minded, you can save by five for a hundred.
4: Oh, wow. That's significantly less than like $60,000, $70,000.
5: Yeah. Wow. For sure.
4: Oh, wow. And chances are pretty good. There you go. So if you'd like to have a chance to win a brand new Mercedes Benz 2024 GLB 250 in night black, night black, then you, all you have to do is go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle. It's got a Typhoon a engine.
5: It's got a typhoon
4: engine named by Rudy Carlos just now. (laughs) But joining us right now is Andrew Petiprin. He is one of the uh, co-authors of Popcorn with the Pope, a guide to the Vatican film list. Good morning to you, Mr. Andrew.
8: Good morning, guys. How are you?
4: Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Now, Mr. Andrew, the Vatican film list here. I didn't even know the Vatican film list existed. I've never heard of the Vatican film list. And all of a sudden... Uh, Tim comes in he's like look what I got for Christmas and he shows me this book and I'm like hmm Vatican film list I didn't know this existed what is a Vatican film list and yeah. Tim was like okay well you need to invite one of these guys on and ask him what the Vatican film list is okay I was like okay all right I'll do it so tell me Mr. Andrew let's start from the beginning what on earth is the Vatican film list
8: well you are not alone in not knowing about the existence of this film list um, but here's here's what it is in 1995 the, um, the Vatican, in celebration of a 100 years of the motion picture, um, issued very quietly this list of 45 movies, and there wasn't any rationale behind which movies were picked, really. There wasn't um, a, a lengthy description or anything. There was just uh, a document issued, and it's available. You can find it on the Vatican website. You can find it online, anywhere. And the, the heading of the document says, Some Important Films. That's it and then, uh beneath it are listed forty five movies broken up into the categories uh three different categories: the art, religion, and values those three categories and forty five films a lot of them are european films um, some of them are American films, some of them are very popular films, some of them are very obscure films but um but yeah there uh they, it was issued as a, a celebration of the motion picture, and interesting too because you may know that over the hundred years up to 1995 that the motion picture had existed, the Vatican had had kind of a a, a varying relationship with that particular art form. Um, early on, for example, in the 1930s, the Vatican, the popes were very concerned, actually, that motion pictures were, you know, had a corrupting influence on people, which of course we know they do. But by the 1950s, 1960s, the popes and and you know higher ups in the church came to understand that. Film was a very valuable art form as well that had a potentially very positive effect on people's souls in the same way that sculpture or painting or music does. So, so yeah, in 1995, this list came out, and amazingly, no one's ever written a book uh, about these about these 45 films. So, my co-authors David Paul Baird and Father Michael Ward and I decided to do that.
4: Wow. Well, what well, this is what's interesting to me is so initially, my first thought was these are are books that are endorsed by the Vatican. So they must be they must be perfectly good movies, but some of these movies are probably not appropriate for all audiences. Is that correct?
8: Yeah, that's absolutely correct, and that's one of the most interesting things about this list. You know, this is the the films on this list. Very few of them actually are explicitly Catholic movies. You know, the these are movies that are um, that are for the most part profound pieces of art. Although some of them are are light and breezy and fun. Um, but it, it, it is an interesting statement about art coming from the church, namely saying art is a complicated thing and its effect on people is, is also complicated because people are, uh, people are, people are different. Their tastes are different and what, um, strengthens them may be, may be different. Now, the reason that the list is divided up into the three categories of art, religion, and values is to say to those who are evaluating the list, Hey, look, different films fall into different categories for different purposes. So for example, Schindler's List is on the, is on the list. That, that's a movie, a movie that came out in 1993. It's, it's uh, Steven Spielberg's great movie about the Holocaust. Now that is a very important film. And I think and a film that people, if they can take it, really ought to watch as a, as a testimony to, um, to courage, to sacrifice, to um, our duty to each other uh, and uh, in, in resisting evil. But it is also a movie that not only has um, very harsh language and violence in it, but even has a little bit of nudity in it. So it's definitely not a movie that the Vatican is saying everybody ought to go and see this movie. They're not saying that about any of the movies on the list. But what they are saying is, you know, these are important movies, again, to come back to the original title of the list.
5: I see. Yeah, Mr. Petiprin, that's, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies uh cinema paradiso where you see the uh the priest is like cutting up all the film, making sure that there's nothing out in there that's uh that's pretty crazy. It's inappropriate, it's inappropriate yeah. or anything like that. But that's a that's a good point. Maybe we should look at these movies with uh with some sort of filter. But I'm I'm curious, uh have you watched all of the movies that are on the list?
8: Well, we divided the book up into into three parts. David Paul Baird, one of my co authors actually wrote more chapters than I did or than Father Michael Ward did but we all were responsible for a certain number of movies to review, and I got eleven of them—eleven of the forty-five plus part of the introduction. Uh, so I've certainly seen those those films, and most of the other films on the list too. But there are a few that I haven't seen, and sooner or later I'll get around to it. But you know, some of them—we it, it came down to almost drawing straws for who was going to have to review them, um, <laughs> and because because not all the movies on the list are ones that you would even look at and say that's one I really want to see. For example, there's a five hour movie on the list, a silent movie from the 20s about Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh wow! So yeah, so I mean that is a movie that may not be for everybody, right? On the other hand, The Wizard of Oz is on the list, Fantasia is on the list, you know, Chariots of Fire, Ben Hur, you know, movies that are just classics that everybody would would really love to watch. So, you know, so we had there was a little bit of discussion among the three of us about who would get which movies, but I really feel like I lucked out. I got I got some really great ones. I got I got Schindler's List, I got Fantasia, um, I got uh, The Wizard of Oz, I got It's a Wonderful Life, the great Christmas movie. So, you know, uh, not every movie on the list is everybody's cup of tea, but there, there are so many great ones on there that I would highly recommend to people.
4: Well, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to dive into some of the particular examples that are listed here. Uh, we were talking more big picture, this uh, first part. And when we come back from our break, I want to get into the minutiae and talk about some of these movies. And I think it'll be a great conversation to have. So stick with us. We're going to talk more about Popcorn with the Pope, A Guide to the Vatican Film List with Andrew Pettiprin when we come back on Catholic Drive Time. So, go, so don't go anywhere. Plus, remember grnonline.com forward slash raffle pick up a raffle ticket and you can be driving home with a brand new mercedes-benz god bless you and we'll see you in just one second
9: when you find yourself peering into life's rearview mirror wondering if your past will forever define you it doesn't have to go to standtalltoday.com and register for your absolutely free consultation with one of our world-class life coaches They can help you get started on a plan forward to living your best life. There's nothing to lose and an entire future to gain. Log on to StandTallToday.com for complete details. That's StandTallToday.com.
4: And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you today. It's always good to be with you. No matter what they say, Rudy, I'm looking at you. I'm just kidding. Rudy's Stay. very positive, actually. You know, it's funny. Rudy is, uh, is way too nice to me on the radio.
3: <laughs> it's just, it's just like um, Off
4: air? Pfft, don't even speak about yeah, off Yeah, he's like scourging me. He's scourging <laughs> me. But on air, he's very nice. <laughs> when he's not being tricky. When he's not being tricky. Mm. But it's good to be Foreshadowing? here. Foreshadowing? Foreshadow. Oh, Ooh, interesting. But what we're talking about right now, though, is Popcorn with the Pope, a guide to the Vatican film list. And we're joined right now by Andrew Petiprin. And the, uh, before we went to a break, we were talking about what the Vatican film list was, why some of the movies were chosen, and the fact that not every movie on this list is for every person. So parents, just because it's on the Vatican film list, doesn't mean it's okay to watch with your kids. Uh, Still have a very discerning eye. Uh, But good morning to you, Mr. Petterprin.
8: Good morning. Glad to be with you.
4: Praise be to God. It's good to have you on. You know, I was looking through the list, and there were a lot of movies here that are some of my favorites. And one of my favorite movies is Roma Chital which is Rome Open City. And I think this movie is absolutely amazing. By chance, I'm like there's like one in like what, 40 chance. Did you or 11 in 40 chance, I suppose. Uh, did you happen to review this movie?
8: No, that one wasn't mine, but I have seen Rome Open City and I love it. It's Roberto Rossellini is the director and it's a it's maybe maybe the greatest example of Italian neorealist cinema uh it's a it's a powerful movie and it's unique in in that it doesn't most of the actors in the movie are not professional actors and it was filmed in the rubble of rome uh you know uh, in the kind of post-world war II landscape and it's a very powerful movie about resisting evil about uh about i believe even though it's kind of bleak about the triumph of the faith really in um, in this eternal city, the eternal significance of the faith uh, uh, amid all of the, the turmoil of world affairs.
4: Do you happen to know the song Oh, Rome Eternal"?
8: No, I don't. No. It's
4: this very beautiful uh, triumphalistic song that was. It was, It's kind of a an anthem to Rome and to the beauty and love of Rome and to the papacy. And I almost would think that having those trumpets, because it's played with organs and trumpets, and I think that would be a beautiful way to end that movie, because at the end of the movie, I won't spoil anything, because I do think um, people should watch this movie. It's tremendous. But as you see at the end of the movie, you see Rome in the distance, and it kind of plays a little bit of a somber tone, but I almost would have liked it if it had a triumphalistic tone. Like just the trumpets start playing, the organs start playing, and you're seeing that even though... It has a, I'm trying to be vague, a dour ending. It still yeah. has an element of hope, and I, would, I think that's amazing.
8: Yes. Well, you know, Adrian, there's another, there's another film on the list, by, also by Roberto Rossellini, and that film is The Flowers of St. Francis, which is a, a great movie about St. Francis of Assisi and his, and his cohort. And that's a movie that is really lighthearted and, and very much full of hope. And so that's that's another great example of a, a film by the same director uh, from the same country um, that
0: uh,
8: is, you know, a, and also in the post-World War II landscape, Rossellini was trying to kind of give hope to to his people and to his continent after the the difficulties that they had been through. So that's another great one that that listeners should check out.
4: So The Flowers of St. Francis, it's funny you brought that up because that was on the list of ones that I wanted to bring up. And the reason why I, I'm curious is because I've read The Flowers of St. Francis and <laughs> It to me, and I've never seen the movie, to me, it does not lend itself to being a movie. So how yeah. did they kind of create this into it? How did they turn this into a movie?
8: Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's actually nine vignettes that are strung together because my understanding is that the book is sort of told in, in as a series of vignettes of hmm. stories that are, you know, that characterize the ministry of St. Francis of Assisi and his, and his followers and St. Clair and, you know, sort of everything that was going on at that time. And um, and that's the way the movie plays out as well. There are nine independent, sh- basically short stories that are put together as one film, but telling basically one story about this wonderful ministry of St. Francis and his followers. And it is, it is a funny movie, you know, because St. Francis and his followers were, the movie begins with them playing in the rain, you know, that they, they, they had this sort of joy about them. And that's something that to this day, I think we would recognize somewhat characterizes Franciscans. So uh, it's, that's, that's just a wonderful movie. I highly recommend that to the faithful. And that definitely is one that kids can watch, that anybody can watch. I think even little kids would laugh out loud at a couple of parts in that movie.
4: I think the coolest thing is, and I didn't know this until I was looking through the book, you have a, a footnote here, or I guess a sidebar, we'll call it, where it mentioned that these are actual real Franciscans that were being filmed.
8: Yes. Yes, that's right. And uh, it, that's a wonderful thing about that movie that Rossellini wanted to use real monks. And so and there's a funny story actually at the end when um he wanted to do something for the monks but of course they weren't able to accept payment as actors for b- their roles because they they don't you know they they don't have incomes right so what he asked them what would you like and they they asked for a fireworks display for their town and so roberto rossellini paid to have a beautiful fireworks display uh, done for this little town in southern Italy where these where these monks had their monastery or, or wow. where these friars had their community. So it's, it's real neat.
4: Wow, what a grace. Okay, so here is one thing. We'll, we'll go backwards to a little bit big picture for a second. The Should the Vatican issue an updated version of this list, or are you thinking, okay, we've done the classics, we don't want this list to become 400 movies long, uh, we're good how it is, or do you think there should be an updated list?
8: this is such a big question that people who are really into Catholicism and film are are talking about right now. You know, the film, the film list, as I said, came out in 1995, which is, as we know, quite a long time ago now. And there's only one movie on the entire list that, that came out later than the 1980s. And that's Schindler's list. Now for my money, the 1990s were, that was a great period of film. And we've had, although there've been a lot of bad movies, in recent years. There have also been a lot of really great movies in recent years. And so I would love for there to be an updated list. Sadly, I would be surprised if there ever was one that officially came out of the Vatican. And the reason is, I just think that it probably would be too contentious. Um, you know, back in 1995, we didn't have social media, we didn't have um, such a big internet presence. And so the Vatican could just issue something like that, and people could talk about it amongst themselves. I have a feeling now that if, if the Vatican issued a list of films it would it would just stoke uh, it would stoke controversy uh, in, in areas where we already have lots of controversy. So it may not happen, but you know I I certainly am playing with the idea of writing another book or maybe collaborating with my co-authors on another book where we can talk about what we might put on a list if we were put mm-hmm. in charge of creating such a thing.
4: Yeah, that would be very interesting to see a, a 90s to 2024 uh, movie list. That would be very interesting to read. Now, okay, so talking about. These, some of these being controversial, which one of these movies do you think would be considered a little bit more controversial, or kind of surprising? Someone might be saying, huh, why is that on the list?
8: Well, uh, there, there are several, I would say. One of them is the 1986 movie by um, Andrei Tarkovsky, who's a great who is a great Russian director, and he was an Eastern Orthodox Christian, although he had a little bit of a complicated relationship with Christianity. But his film, The Sacrifice, is a very difficult film. Um, it includes some thematic things that I, I might not even mention on the radio because there are probably young people listening but um it is it is far from a film that uh that you know people who have kind of sensitivities to you know things like sex and um you know and and sort of deeper like you know philosophical issues and stuff like that might might want to check out but it is a brilliant movie for those who kind of are are up to it so you know i i personally recommend that one but i would be careful to whom I recommended it, you know. So that's mm. one. Um, you know, there there are others on the list as well. Um, definitely, uh, there's a movie called Eight and a Half on the list oh, by yeah. Federico Fellini. Now that is a really interesting one, and I I didn't I didn't have the privilege of writing that chapter, but I have written about Eight and a Half in other in other areas. Eight and a Half is on the list, even though it is actually a movie that was on a different list, namely a list called the Condemned Film List. That's what I that thought. was created by. Yeah, there was a group called the Legion of Decency, uh-huh. and for about uh, about fifty years, they rated films that came out of Hollywood and out of Europe, and there were a whole lot of them that they gave a C rating to, which which was officially called condemned, which was you had an official status that Catholics ought not to watch them. But eight and a half, although it was on the condemned list, ended up on the Vatican film list, and it too is a complicated movie. It has thematic things that are you know not entirely edifying. But I think ultimately it is a it is a really important movie and one that a lot of Catholics really ought to watch. You know, I mean, it, in a sense, like the theme of that movie is a director trying to make an anti-Church movie, but feeling but finding in the end that it's impossible. That by trying by engaging with Christianity, he in a sense can't not affirm it.
4: You know, so, it's interesting it's, you it's, bring up eight and a half. I in college I took a Italian film class. And, you know, that's like a stereotypical like uh, college thing to do. Right. But I took a Italian film class and eight and a half was one of the movies we watched. And it was like it it felt like a fever dream. I really thought the movie was. And I guess that's kind of um, the style of Fellini is to be that way, like a little manic. And one might say or manic, I suppose, is the Mm -hmm. correct pronunciation. But that is very interesting. Are there any other movies on this list that are that were also condemned?
8: No that's the only one on the list that was that was officially condemned um and uh yeah and but but all but there are other ones that the condemned list was always a strange thing i mean it didn't it wasn't always clear kind of why a certain thing would be condemned versus wouldn't and I can imagine there are a few others on on the list that might have been, but for the most part i wouldn't say i for the most part, I would say most of those films are ones that have pretty clear themes um that that coincide with with a christian uh, you know Christian theology and Christian virtue. Um, albeit in a not always straightforward way.
4: Well, here's a uh, hot take real quick. Uh, Citizen Kane is on this list. And honestly, mm-hmm. I get the value in terms of its of its importance and being one of the first movies to to pioneer a bunch of different styles. But I think it's an incredibly boring movie. But anyway, the <laughs> the yeah. other, one last thing we'll talk about, we're running out of time here, is the discussion questions. Tell me about this.
8: Yeah, so we set up the book so people could really use it to engage with the films if they had never seen them. Because we realized, you know, I think over 25 films out of the 45 are European films in foreign languages, right? So these are not exactly your, you know, just pull them off the shelf and watch them easily. So we wanted to create not only discussion questions, but also we wanted to put factoids, like little tidbits of information about like the making of the films and stuff like that. And and then also have really great full color still photographs from the movies so that people could really get a sense reading the book of what the movies were like. So we put those discussion questions in there to kind of try to bring each film back around to how watching the film might help somebody in their faith. And so we imagine that that you might, you know, you might even have a little film club at a church or you might have, um, you, you might watch it with friends or something like that and then use the discussion questions to, you know, to really try to focus on what are the elements in the film, in the films that uh, that are really valuable.
4: Well, we have a, just about a minute left, so I'm going to ask you a major question. Tell me about, real quick, in like 30 seconds, Fantasia.
8: Fantasia, yeah. Well, so Fantasia is the only Disney movie on the list. And, um, you know, one of the discussion questions we put in the book is we wanted to ask people, what do you think about Disney? I mean, you know, does does are, are Disney movies good for us to watch or not good for us to watch? You know, I, for my part, I think there's, you know, there's, it's kind of a mixed bag. But Fantasia is a really unusual Disney movie because it's a movie that um, is set to uh, great pieces of classical music, and um, they're and they're all different kinds. You know, some of them have are more abstract, like it's just, you know, colors flashing, and then other ones are funny, like the um, the hippopotamuses doing ballet, and then of course there's the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Mickey. Um, and uh, so you know that's that's another one where it's a little bit of a mixed bag and uh, and we want to help sort of guide people if they choose to watch it to see what is maybe edifying about it
5: well
4: that's very interesting so thank you very much Mr. Andrew Petiprin for being on with us God bless you God love you and where can people pick up the book
8: you can get the book anywhere you buy your book Amazon, Barnes & Noble or you can get it from our publisher Word on Fire there's also uh, an ebook version. so
4: check it films. out Popcorn with the Pope A Guide to the Vatican Film List we'll be right back
10: This is Life News Radio. I'm Jim Anderson, former Planned Parenthood manager, now a pro-life activist. Abby Johnson says, Every day, girls as young as 13 are taken from school without parental knowledge for abortions, even out of state. New undercover video shows how easily adults can aid or coerce, assist or arrange abortions, even to avoid abortion bans or parental awareness. On the other side of the equation, pro-life pregnancy support centers are performing heroic work. The Charlotte Lozier Institute surveyed well over 2,500 such centers in all 50 states, and their report is encouraging. In the year row was overturned, over 16 million client visits and nearly a million new clients reported a 97% positive rating. This is Life News Radio. We must have an end to abortion and an end to the toxic watershed of ideas behind its causes. We hope you pray for an end to abortion daily. If the problem were simple, we could have a simple answer. But abortion is rooted in a long, tangled web of lies about human life and the dignity of the human person. Pray daily for a culture of life. During next week's March for Life, the American Life League is rolling out a charity watch list online tool. The goal is to make clear which mainstream non-profits support abortion and those groups that can be safely supported in view of the life issue. And catholic vote says conscience rights initiated by president trump are being eliminated in new hhs rules released this week tom mccluskey says strong pro-life opposition avoided a return to full-on obama era proposals but vague enforcement protections may leave pro-life doctors conscience rights unprotected for pro-life headlines delivered to your email address daily sign up at LifeNews.com. this has been life news radio
11: Hi, I'm Adam Bly with
1: Debbie Giorgiani from The Spirit World.
0: Join us this Saturday as we discuss the role of Our Lady in spiritual warfare. The
5: Blessed Mother plays different
11: roles under different titles depending on our needs.
0: We are also taking your calls this Saturday on The Spirit World at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
10: Visit grnonline.com
0: slash spiritworld. You are listening to an Encore presentation of Catholic Drive Time. We have a very special lineup this week. Listen on Wednesday at this time for an exclusive live interview with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. On Thursday, you will hear a preview of the new GRN morning show debuting next week. And Friday, listen for special EWTN coverage of the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Thank you for listening to this Encore broadcast of Catholic Drive Time from the Guadalupe Radio Network.
1: And
4: welcome back to Catholic Drive Time This is your host, Adrian Fonseca Praise be to God, it's good to be on with you today It's always good to be with you, actually Not just today, but every day But especially today, it's especially good today What about the weekends? Well, it's actually the saddest days Because we're not together mm-hmm. Unfortunately I actually wake up in the morning After sleeping in And I shed Single tear, just one. A single tear runs down my face, off my chin, like that. Into my lap.
5: That classic ad from the '80s. A mm. man just turns to the camera. Single tear.
4: Single tear in the eye. Whew. Whew. So it's good to be with you today. Tomorrow will be a day of sorrows, and Sunday will also be a day of sorrows. And Monday will be joyful again because we'll be back together, together again. You know, we just wrapped up an awesome conversation about Popcorn with the Pope, a guide to the Vatican film list with Andrew Pettiprin, and I guarantee you, we're going to be talking about this during the after show. So if you'd like to join us in the after show, you can join us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Rumble. Just look up Catholic Drive Time on the social media platforms, and you can join us. We're going to talk about our favorite movies, talk about what we kind of think about it, because honestly... I don't know how I feel about this. I'm I'm going to think out loud during the after show about what I think about the Vatican film list. And we also will be celebrating Tim Mott's birthday. So maybe Rudy and I will sing him Las Mananitas during the after show. So stick with us. You're going to want to jump onto our social media feeds. Look up Catholic Drive Time on our social media feeds and you can find us there. You can see our beautiful smiling faces and... You can also interact with us, leave a comment, and give us your thoughts about our topics for the day. But, you know, I just I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand the fact that we haven't had Dave Palmer on in over a week. So good morning to you, Dave. It's fine it's good to finally have you back on. Over a week.
6: Hasn't it been like three
4: weeks? It's been a long time, hasn't it's been, it? It's been forever. It's been Dave. too long. It's been too long. And you long. know I saw-
6: I shed a single tear today as well, Adrian, if I may say so. <laughs> uh, I bought I bought Tim $100 worth of uh, pay-it-forward tickets for his birthday, and then I realized he can't win the car. Oh! So I had, uh, so, so I had to, because he's a, he's a GRN employee, so I had to give him to somebody else. But, oh, you know, it, it's the thought that counts, right?
4: Uh, where could people go if they wanted to get a pay-it-forward ticket? Not for Tim, though, because he can't win.
6: Yeah, you guys should probably mention that a time or two during the show, uh, where people can go, but uh, it's, since you haven't said it, I'll say it, okay? GRNonline.com forward slash raffle, okay? Now it's been said on Catholic Drive Time.
4: There you go. First time mentioned on Catholic Drive Time, GRNonline.com forward slash raffle, pick up a raffle ticket to win a brand new Mercedes-Benz, or to pay it it so someone else can win a brand new Mercedes-Benz, but... Dave, I can't stand the fact that we haven't talked about St. Thomas Aquinas in a while. I've been mourning over the fact that we haven't had this discussion together. So what's the topic on the board for Back to the Father today?
6: All right. We're going to go really light today, all right? It's going to be a really light conversation. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, the philosophy of 18th century German philosopher Immanuel Kant Ah. and how his – how his philosophy differs from Saint Thomas Aquinas, who of course, who lived uh, many centuries before him, and I often talk about that encyclical. Uh, I love uh, eternity Patris. Leo XIII put it out in 1879, basically saying, "Listen, everybody, we got to go back to Thomistic philosophy. We got to get back to Scholasticism because these crazy philosophers are running around, uh, kind of messing everything up in the world." And that's that's a paraphrase. That's not a direct quote from the encyclical. Uh, but I would say that Immanuel Kant was, would be one of the primary uh, philosophers that Leo Thirteenth would have had in mind when he wrote that. He didn't name names in the encyclical, but I think Kant would have been one of the most problematic for him.
4: Okay. Well, here's the thing, Dave. Immanuel Kant, he's just some philosopher of the 1800s. He has no relevance to us today. Why, why should we care about who this Immanuel Kant character is?
6: <laughs> okay. Good question. Uh yeah, he 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 basically is the guy who first uh, kind of proposed making truth subjective. Okay. So the truth is not something we discover. The truth is something we construct. All right. So that would be the simplest uh way of uh, talking about Immanuel Kant and what what he called himself the Copernican revolution in philosophy. Okay, just like Copernicus said, no, the uh, the sun is not revolving around the earth; it's the earth revolving around the sun. So Kant said, well, my philosophy is basically changing everything up and saying, instead of discovering the truth and the, and our minds conform to the truth of the reality, which, you know, for, uh, originally is in the mind of God, we're constructing our truth within ourselves. So it becomes very subjective. Uh, and I, I think it wouldn't uh, take much to realize that you can see the echoes and the, the consequences of that in our culture today, where people are trying to reconstruct uh, their own truth within themselves. And you got to go back to Kant. I mean, he was, he was the, the, uh, the architect of this kind of mindset.
4: Well, it's very interesting, Dave, that you bring that up, because the, a lot of the problems, both inside and outside of the church, are part of the issue of a denial of realism. At least, that's my opinion. And I say, of course, this means we should return back to Thomas, right? But in, in very practical terms, if people are starting from a premise, from an idea, And they are holding fast to that idea as the foundational element. I mean, it is; it cannot be questioned. It is an axiom. So then they look at the world around them and reality contradicts their idea. Well, they have an option. They have a choice to make. Do they conform their ideas to reality or do they conform reality to their ideas? And the error I see most commonly done today is that many people... Are trying to make reality conform to their ideas rather than conforming their ideas to reality. Would you agree, Dave?
6: Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly true. I mean, you can take one of the most obvious, uh, cases would be the, the issue, the modern issue of transgenderism or, you know, people choosing their own gender. And that, that's a classic example. That, that's that. Now, now Kant would probably roll over in his grave because he at least claimed to be a Christian. And I, I don't think he would have seen this coming but where people instead of uh seeing a, an objective truth of their 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 sex uh you know basically created in their mind and and, and again like i said before you got to go back to the philosophical kind of foundations of this as to why people kind of think this is okay where you know more and more people are saying yeah yeah you know truth is subjective uh, so yeah, you're absolutely right. That, that's a good. That's a good uh, point.
4: And I think it's important to study these things because many people may think, okay, well, can you just like tell me the ideas and their errors and refute them from today? But I think it's very important to go back to the root of the problem because we need to know where we've been, how we got to our problem today, what the problem is today, in order to figure out wh- how do we move forward, how do we return to a To order. How do we return to a thing as a world that makes sense to Christian civilization if we don't know the root cause of the problem?
6: Yeah, you know I agree, and I I wonder how many people ha- have ever taken a philosophy course in their life. You know, when well, you know seminarians always begin with philosophy before they go into theology because they have to learn how to to think, you know, rationally before they can, uh, you know, try to uh, comprehend the supernatural truths that theology is going to propose. I, I didn't take my first philosophy. I think I took one philosophy course in in college, and then I took one in my my forties. But uh, I, I think I think we really do need to you know rethink this, and uh, yeah, and understand Kant. You got to understand Plato and Aristotle and of course Aquinas and all the ones that came before him. So, and, and the other thing, Adrian, and you—you you probably know this that a lot of these these books, like the Critique of Pure Reason, which kind of explains Kant's epistemology or his theory of knowledge, it's really hard to read. You mm. know, and they—they they, so these guys didn't do us any favors by they—they—they they, they wrote you know like like Hegel and Heidegger. They—they they wrote these really really hard to read books, and. Uh, even even if somebody had a will to try to do this, they, they pick it up and they're five pages into it and they're like, "Forget about this, I'm not going to read this stuff." And so uh, it, it's it's challenging. But I think if somebody is able to kind of break it down into bite-sized morsels and explain the basics, I think that's a, I think that's a, a good thing to learn.
5: Dave, you're explaining my experience just there. That was me. I uh, you know I went to art school. Do you and- feel seen? I feel very seen. Yeah, I went to art school and, uh, you know, some of our academic classes, they would tell us, okay, we're going to have to read some Kant, some Hegel, some of these philosophers. And I would crack open the books and I, was, I would just think, man, that's over. I just, I'm going to fail this class. It's, it's done. <laughs>
7: but uh, yeah. I
5: think secretly it was a grace, right? Because um, I, I was spared of those ideas. Yeah, I I
6: got these books for Christmas. I told my wife, I said, I'm just going to (laughs) go get like the most challenging – I got Phenomenology of Spirit by Georg Hegel, and I got uh, Being in Time by Martin Heidegger. And I'm all confident and I'm gonna read this stuff and I'm like, man, this is tough. <laughs> but you know, I I also want to point out, you know, we're talking about subjectivity. Kant also did that with ethics. Mm. Uh because he had a thing called the categorical imperative, mm. which is basically the golden rule, but it, it said, act upon that maxim whereby, you know, the choice you make, you would will to be a universal law. And and, and what he meant was that the 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 moral law comes from inside us. It's not the Ten Commandments. It's not the, the laws of the Catholic faith. It's not anything in the scripture. Is that, is that our law is a duty that comes from us inside us. And so he took not only our knowledge, but also our ethics and he brought it from outside into into himself. And as you can see, that's, that's not good. No bueno.
5: It's uh, just like a scuffed version of, uh, of, of the ethics out that are actually real. You know, it's interesting yeah. because
4: when I was an edgy teenager,
7: <laughs> Rudy's laughing. He's like, "Andrew is not an edgy teenager." Wait, let me
4: let me get to let me get to the, the punchline here. The when I was an edgy teenager, I thought it would be the funnest thing to study the atheist ethics because I liked arguing with atheists, and so that was like my thing. I would go through and I'd started reading up on all these things. So I actually was a huge fan of Kant's categorical imperative because that was his the, the position of deontology which basically to just give a two second summary I kind of compared it to like Captain America Captain America is a classic deontologist he's a guy who says you know I'm going to do what's right no matter what and I will do it even if uh, if there's no circumstances can change the situation and I was like you know that kind of makes sense it kind of gives a little bit of sense it was the only ethical position from the atheist that made any sort of sense to me uh what do you think Dave is 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 Kant in my mind he is the best case for atheist
6: uh, yeah, but, but he wouldn't have claimed to be an atheist himself, right? right although of course. He, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was brought up in a very, you know, almost kind of puritanical Lutheran, pietist uh, kind of family. He did somewhat reject it. I think his whole life, he kind of tried to play it both ways. I think in, in that age, if you were an atheist, uh, you, you, it was hard to get jobs and, in, in, in universities. And he was a university professor. Uh, so I think he, he played it both ways where he, he came down saying, yeah, you know, there's a guy, but we can't know him. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and, uh, there, you know, there, there's a truth, but we, we can't know it, you know, we can only know what basically we can experience, but yeah, yeah. And, and so, um, uh, but yeah, the, in the categorical imperative, I think he's saying uh, I'm going to basically conform my beliefs to to what Chris, my Christian faith has told me, but I'm going to make it mine and not
4: and not mm. theirs.
6: And so mm. he kind he kind of kind of he, he kind of stole it from uh, you know his his Christian background and and made it very subjective.
4: Right, and I think that's kind of the position of a lot of atheists today. Like there is a, it just he just the name just flew out of my mind, but there is a famous atheist who has done massive debates with like Ben Shapiro, people like that, and he would hold to this position completely. He's like, oh, yeah, I have Christian values, but it's not because of Christianity. And it's very interesting to, to try to see that. Now, we're just about out of time, Dave. Where can people tune in to see Back to the Father today and make sure they get a, a quick lesson on Immanuel Kant?
6: Yeah, and also, you know, I do want to... This show is about Aquinas, and I want to compare... His philosophy, especially his epistemology, uh, to what Aquinas would say, because Aquinas is much more beautiful. And, uh, it, it, of course, it, as you would expect, incorporates much more God yeah. into the picture than, than Kant does. But, uh, Back to the Father is a, uh, a social media only program, uh, produced by the Guadalupe Radio Network. And it runs every Friday, which is today, one o'clock central time on the social media feeds of X, Twitter, and YouTube. And we try to keep it very, you know, fun and casual. Casual and not too, too deep. If you want to learn something about Immanuel Kant and uh, how he messed up the world, uh, (laughs) join us today at 1
4: o'clock. There you go. Check it out. Look up uh, Guadalupe Radio Network social media feeds, and you'll find that at 1 o'clock Central across our social media feeds, Guadalupe Radio Network. Find us there. God bless you, Dave. We'll talk to you very soon.
6: All right, Adrian. Thanks a lot. Bye, Rudy.
4: All right, Tim. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're giving away a prize today. You're going to want to win that prize, dial that number 877-757-9424 when we come back.
9: Unbelievers often reject religion because it sometimes causes conflict. They'll say, science will fly you to the moon, religion will fly you into buildings. Is this a rational basis for rejecting religion? The answer is no, and here's the reason. First. Just because something causes conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. For example, many wars have been fought over land. Does this mean we should do away with the right to private property? I don't think so. Second, the objection doesn't specify which religions cause war. It may belong to the essence of some religions to spread its message by the sword, and these we should reject, but it doesn't belong to all religions. So to the question, should I reject religion because it causes conflict? The answer is no. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
7: Hi, Julie Carrick here. I am delighted to be the host of We Sing Our Faith. This weekly program shares beautiful Catholic music and deep insights of many Catholic teachings. Join me on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time, for We Sing Our Faith, here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time, We Sing Our Faith. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling,
10: (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance, and prizes are involved. Avoid (laughs) the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot.
4: 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could be a winner. In fact, we're giving away the prize today. Today is a day. So if you'd like a chance to win and you called in in the past, I saw a number of people called in this week and they weren't able to get on. And I have good news for you because right now, The next person who calls in, 877-757-9424, will have an opportunity to win the prize this week. And there's going to be three more opportunities to win. So dial that number, 877-757-9424. Now, you may be asking, what am I listening to? How does this work exactly? What is fear and trembling? Well, I have an answer for you. I have three Catholic trivia questions right in front of me here, but the trick is you don't need to know the answers to win. In fact, you could know nothing about Catholicism and still win the prize because I'm not going to ask you the questions. I'm going to ask Rudy the questions, and it's his job to give me an answer. Your job is to tell me if he's right or if he's wrong, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence
5: to win this week's prize. Rudy, What could they win? Praise be to God. This week, we are giving away a image of the holy face of our Lord Jesus. Mm. Thinking, What? Just like a picture of Jesus? What is that? I mean, sounds kind of lame. Actually, it's not. It's the holy face of Jesus, which is a devotion that we are encouraging you to take on in your spiritual life, in your prayer life. The holy face of Jesus is uh the the uh the solution the to solution our to our today. problems he is turning his face to God and pleading our cause. So I pray that whoever wins this holy face image is gonna take that on into their house and uh maybe maybe they're gonna have a better liturgical living situation here. Seeing our holy the holy face of Jesus there. Face of our Lord Jesus.
4: Well praise be to God. So if yeah. you'd like to win that prize, dial that number eight seven 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 five seven 9424 we would love to have you on and we'll be giving away that prize today so at the end of the game show today we're going to be drawing a name from our list and your name could be the one that we draw so make sure uh, you put our name our number in your phone and speed dial and put that down 877 757 9424 joining us right now is Alicia good morning to you Good morning. Good morning, Alicia. Where are you calling in from? Pearsall, Texas. Pearsall, Texas. Oh, you've called in in the past, right, Alicia? Yes, I have. Praise be to God. It's nice to hear your voice again. It's been a while since you've called in. And Alicia, where are you off to this morning?
7: I'm
4: off to work. Off to What? That was, I I sensed a tinge of sadness. Alicia, it's good to be here today. It's good to be here. Uh, What do you do for work?
7: Uh, I work in a
4: warehouse. Okay. Well, praise be to God. Praise be to God, Alicia. I know for a fact that you're going to ha- make the day amazing today because it's fri and Yes. It it's is. also Epiphany Tide. So we're still celebrating Christmas joy. I'm playing Christmas music personally. Uh, what about you, Alicia? Uh,
7: yes, I am. Hey! hey! Let's
4: go. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Christmas tree is still up. Yeah, Christmas tree is still up. Oh, Christmas tree. How I love... Your branches. And particularly yes. my house, I love the plastic branches. <laughs> it makes less of a mess.
3: <laughs> yes.
4: Now, Alicia, you are a veteran. You know how to play the game. Are you ready to jump in? Is Rudy going to be tricky or is he going to be easy today?
7: I hope he's easy today because I would really like to win that prize.
5: All right. Oh, well, we're okay going to.
7: For my altar. I have an altar at my home.
5: Well, praise Jesus, that's awesome. Let's find out. Let's okay. find out, Rudy. Are, how are you? Gonna, how are you feeling today, Rudy? You know, I'm feeling conflicted. Mm. I, I'm a complex individual. I want to be less tricky, but tricky is just my nature, mm. you know. Mm. And I don't know. I'm at, I'm at odds with myself.
4: Yeah, the trickiest thing about it is he's not even wearing a tie today. So, Ooh. yeah, I know. What does it mean? I have no clue. All right, let's jump in. <laughs> Question number one for you, Rudy: Who is the patron saint for those who felt? threatened by thunderstorms
5: and fires man when you were a kid who did you run to my you mom were, exactly your mom your mom was always there to comfort you and our lady is always Same, Melissa. there
4: oh you thought you're gonna say my mom oh my mom in particular our lady oh, is always okay. there to our comfort
5: mom. her children that is our lady of the typhoons our
4: our lady of the typhoons yeah Wow, that's an epic name. That's an epic title. You've never right heard of that one? I've never heard of that oh, one. Oh, man. Wow. That one's in Spain. Well, praise be to God. All right, Alicia. 15 <laughs> seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, who is a patron saint for those who felt threatened by thunderstorms and fires? Rudy says, it's Our Lady of the Typhoons. What say you, Alicia? Is he right or is he wrong? I think he's wrong. I've never
3: heard of that saint
4: all right well let's see the survey says that is correct <laughs> there is no such thing as our lady of the typhoons. so i don't know why not you couldn't yet. just call her that i mean sure you can just give her that title
5: why not why not but what is the correct answer the correct answer is saint barbara saint which is barbara. ironic because california doesn't really get any sort of well that's why well they get earthquakes then eh, they get buyers okay maybe it makes sense they yeah, they get a, they get they're known for their wildfires Thunderstorms, though? Not really.
4: But St. Barbara, isn't she also the patron saint of, like, coal miners or something? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, there you go, Alicia. You're doing amazing. You're 100% success rate so far. You ready for question number two? Yes, I am. Let's do it. Rudy, the question. Where was Paul when he wrote the epistles
5: to the Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon? Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. All right. So some people think that uh, working from home is this brand new thing just because it happened during COVID. And they're like, oh, so cool, so awesome. It's actually an ancient practice, mm. uh, being a flex employee. And uh, St. Paul was actually working from home that day. He zoomed in. He zoomed in. No way. Via a letter. Oh, Ew quite interesting and the employees were like man are not you just at home right now no side note
4: you know that just reminded me i like zooming in in the first century right is the fact that there, are in venerable mary of mystical city of god it talks about the angels like just picking Peter up and transporting him from Rome to other places <laughs> when he needed to, when he needed to meet somebody real quick and then take him back to Rome. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? It's like a Zoom meeting from the 1st century. Anyway, I, I want that today. <laughs> right? <laughs> Imagine the swiftness of movement. Okay, anyway, 15 seconds on the clock, Alicia. The question is, where was Paul when he wrote the epistles to the Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon? Rudy says that he was at home. He was doing a flex schedule and he was working from home that day. What say you, Alicia?
5: I don't know the answer, but
7: I'm gonna disagree.
4: You're gonna disagree. You see, yesterday the person was wanted to err on the side of agreeing. She's erring on the side of disagreeing. Let's find out if that was a good idea. Survey says that is correct, Alicia. It is, in fact, wrong. No, he was in house arrest in Rome. Which I guess is like kind of working, from, working home. from home, but he was a prisoner. <laughs> he was a prisoner. You.
5: We, we gave it to you anyway. Yeah,
4: he was, in, he was a prisoner, a house arrest in Rome. And so, kind of, he wasn't really doing a flex schedule. He wasn't working from home. He was arrested. All right, Alicia, are you ready for question number three?
7: Yes, I am.
4: Let's do it. Question number three for you. The question on the board is, man consist. Of what
5: two essential parts? Yeah, so I was talking about this with uh, Dave Palmer mm-hmm. during the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like Dave Palmer, you can check out his show, "Back to the Father," at one PM across the GRN social network. And uh, he told me it was the agony and the ecstasy. Those are the two parts that com- mm. that compose man. Those are the essential parts: the agony and the ecstasy. And the ecstasy, yeah. In other words, it's over. Uh-huh. We are so back. It's over. We are so back. The natural ebb and flow uh, the good and the of bad. humanity. The good and the bad. Exactly. I see it. I'm picturing it.
4: I can ha- I have an image of the agony and ecstasy in my mind. I'm rotating it 360 degrees. <laughs> I can see it on every side. All right, Alicia. 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, man consists of what two essential parts? Now, Rudy says that it's the agony and the ecstasy. Now, Alicia from Parasol, Texas. What say you?
5: I think I'm gonna agree with him this
4: time. You're gonna agree with him this time. Ooh, that's a bold thing to do, Alicia. You're sure you want to agree with Rudy
5: on a Friday? On a Friday? The agony, the ecstasy. Trying to decide.
3: Okay, no, I. I'm <laughs> okay, <he's>
5: wrong. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's find
4: out. You're gonna. She's gonna go. With he's wrong. She says. Let's see. Survey says. That is correct. <laughs> it is not the agony and <laughs> the ecstasy. It's, in fact, a body soul composite. Human beings are body soul composites, two parts body and soul. When the body and soul are rended apart, that's what we call death. Death, not death, death. And death. so the definition of death is not brain death, it's not heart stopping, it's The rending of the body and the soul. All right, Alicia, stay on the line. We're going to unchain our drummer boy. And so we're going to see if we can uh, get that uh, drummer running. And here we go. Here we go. He finished playing little drummer boy earlier, and now he's ready for us. And so we're going to draw a name. Rudy is shuffling him around, and he's going to pick one. One right. No, no, don't pick that one. Don't pick that one. Uh, That one. Yeah, that one. That one. one, That one. Okay, that one. Okay. Let's Let's take a look here. Oh, Oh,
5: man. It is? Tune in next week to find ah, out. Nah. Ah, just kidding. It's Annabelle Mason. Annabelle, Annabelle you have praise won to God, Annabelle. the Holy image. Well,
4: congratulations, Annabelle. Alicia, I'm so sorry. Your name was not drawn, uh, but I would encourage you to nonetheless go get an image of the Holy Face today. But God bless you, Alicia. God love you and have a very blessed weekend.
7: You too. God bless you. Bye-bye.
4: Merry Christmas and have a blessed New Year. We're going to go into the after show. Tons to talk about. We're going to sing Las Mayanitas to Tim Mott, our producer. It's his birthday today. We're going to talk about popcorn with the Pope. We're going to talk about our favorite movies. And I'm going to show share with you a really cringe story from me in high school. And I just told Rudy the story. and He was laughing at me. So I'm going to share it with you. So tune in. Look up Catholic Drive Time across our social media feeds and you can tune in there and we'd love to interact with you directly. But if not, we'll see you Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you, God love you, and we'll see you very soon.
1: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed
2: and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station
3: forget to connect with us, just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic
0: drive The Guadalupe Radio Network now
6: brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
12: Pray. God, whom, whom all blessings flow, praise Him, all creatures here below, praise Him, above ye Heavenly Host, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault. Christ have, mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty ever living God, who govern all things both in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the pleading of your people and bestow your peace on our times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.
11: A reading from the first book of Samuel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve for Saul, whom I have rejected as king of Israel? Fill your horn with oil, and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, for I have chosen my king from among his sons. But Samuel replied, How can I go? Saul will hear of it and kill me. To this the Lord answered, Take a heifer along and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I myself will tell you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I point out to you. Samuel did as the Lord had commanded him. When he entered Bethlehem, the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and inquired, Is your visit peaceful, O seer? He replied, Yes, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. So cleanse yourself and join me today for the banquet. He also had Jesse and his sons cleanse themselves and invite them to the sacrifice. As they came, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is here before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not judge from his appearance or from his lofty stature, because I have rejected him. Not as man sees does God see, because he sees the appearance, but the Lord looks into the heart. Then Jesse called to Abinadab and presented him before Samuel, who said, The Lord has not chosen him. Next, Jesse presented Shammah, but Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. In the same way, Jesse presented seven sons before Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any one of these. Then Samuel asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? Jesse replied. There is still the youngest. Who is tending the sheep? Samuel said to Jesse. Send for him. We will not begin the sacrificial banquet until he arrives here. Jesse sent and had the young man brought to him. He was ruddy and a youth handsome to behold and making a splendid appearance. The Lord said, There. Anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel, with the horn of oil in hand, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. When Samuel took his leave, he went to Ramah. The word of the Lord. I have found David, my servant, Once you spoke in a vision, and to your faithful ones you said, On a champion I have placed a crown, over the people I have set a youth. I have found David my servant. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him, that my hand may be always with him, and that my arm may make him strong. I have found David my servant. He shall say of me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior, and I will make him the firstborn, highest of the kings of the earth. I have found David my servant. Alleluia,
12: alleluia, alleluia. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our call. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke, to Matt, to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was passing through a field of grain on the Sabbath, his disciples began to make a path while picking the heads of grain. At this, the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and he and his companions were hungry? How he went into the house of God when Abiathar was high priest, and ate the bread of offering that only the priests could lawfully eat, and shared it with his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is why the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And continuing that first book of Samuel, we hear of the anointing of David. When he is anointed, it says the spirit, the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. What an amazing word! And then, of course, Samuel takes his leave. It's interesting this whole account when you compare it to uh, Saul when how he is chosen. Saul is of course trying; he's he's looking after he's trying to find his lost donkeys who have wandered off. David is taking care of the sheep. Uh, you could even say that Saul was a bit of a wild ass of a man. David, on the other hand, is, really has the shepherd's heart. And that's what God sees. He sees his heart of all of his brothers. And this, what happens here, what transpires, is something we see over and over in the Old Testament, whereas the, the firstborn son is the one who basically is to to receive the inheritance, who is to take over, of course, after his father. But over and over and over again, God chooses the younger one. Look at Joseph, for instance. Joseph, he's going to be the one who's going to lead his brothers, so on and so forth. And uh, here David is a man after the, after the Lord's heart, and God sees this, and this is why he chooses him. It's also, I think, important that we recognize that even though Saul, he disobeys and God rejects him, that God, you know, he, he finds a way. Um, he continues on to help Israel by choosing a man after his own heart. And when we look at the gospel, it really is getting to the heart of the matter when it comes to the Sabbath. We sometimes, I think, in, in our, after you know, 2,000 years, we have a difficult time understanding why there's this, the whole conflict about the Sabbath. Because for a Jew, the Sabbath was resting like God rested. It is really being like God who rested on the, on the seventh day after he had created everything. And so, to, to do no work, to do you no know, all of the laws that governed that were, of course, to help the person to reflect God's rest. Of course, I'm sure the laws they, they got very particular, and Jesus is, is not you know basically not trying to just go against you know he's not trying to be a rebel. It's not his main point, but rather to to establish himself as the center of gravity of the new Sabbath, which of course for us we know is Sunday. It's interesting in that first reading, by the way, uh, David is the eighth son of Jesse, who is anointed, and Jesus is the one who now, see, ch- re- changes the center of gravity to Sunday, the day of resurrection, which is the eighth day, but is also the first day of the week. And what it is is that on, to, to establish that day which centers us around himself, around his sacrifice around his resurrection. That is going to be the important thing for us. So it asks, we can ask ourselves a question, how well do we celebrate Sunday? Is Sunday really at the heart, let's say, of our week? Is it everything we sort of look forward to? And is it really the eighth day, the culmination of our week, what we're sort of working towards? Is also that which kind of flows, everything else flows from that, which is then the first day of the week. In fact, the Second Vatican Council, and speaking of the liturgy, particularly the liturgical year, it begins with Sunday, that Sunday is the core and the kernel of the liturgical year. And then, of course Easter being that the feast of the, the solemnity of solemnities, and then Christmas and so on and so forth. but Sunday, because that in our daily life, in our daily week, is what, where our, our life is to be uh, galvanized. That is to be a center of gravity. Jesus, of course, is his allowing his disciples to pick grain because they're hungry. And we too, our souls are hungry. And that's why Sunday should be a day, of course, of rest, that we don't do things that we don't have to do, but really that we want to spend, it's good family time. It's also a time where we, where we of course, come to Mass. But it's also a time where we collect all of the fruits that we have been given, that we recognize God's working in our life, that we take the time, to recognize God's his, his word and his movement in our life, his direction. And that's the way we can truly make the Sabbath holy, or for us, of course, is Sunday. May the Lord help us in this way, that we may have really returned to the heart of what that holy day of, of the week is, that Sunday, that we celebrate the Lord's resurrection that we gather all the fruits that we have received, we see the Lord's guidance in our life, and, of course, that we give God glory and honor to be open to the graces he wishes us to give us this in the coming week. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, gathered as one to celebrate the good things we have received from our God, let us ask him to prompt in us prayers that are worthy of his hearing. For Pope, For Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy, with the people entrusted to their charge, let us pray to the Lord. For those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good, let us pray to the Lord. For those who travel by sea, land, or air, for captives in all hells in prison, let us pray to the Lord. For all of us gathered in this sacred place, those joining, those joining us on Guadalupe Radio and online that we may give God glory and reverence by our faith and devotion. Let us pray to the Lord. May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, so that we may receive from your mercy but we cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: Be Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, All else be not to me, save that thou art Thou my best thought, by day or by night Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light Be Thou my wisdom, and Thou my true word.
12: dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant us, O Lord, we pray, that we may participate worthily in these mysteries for whatever the memorial of this sacrifice is celebrated, the work of our redemption is accomplished through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We
10: lift them up to the Lord.
12: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For although you have no need of our praise, Yet our thanksgiving is itself your gift, since our praises add nothing to your greatness, but profit us for salvation through Christ our Lord. And so, in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you, and with joy we proclaim, Sung to whose, Sung to whose, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis unce liet terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Quiveni in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Miserere nobis, our new day, quit Misere peccata mundi. Miserere nobis, our new day, quit peccata mundi.
2: Jesus my Lord, my God, my all How can I love thee as I ought And how revere this wondrous gift So for surpassing hope or thought Sweet sacrament, we thee adore. Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Oh, make us love Thee more and more. Sweet sacrament. With the Oh make us love thee more and more Oh make us love thee more and more.
12: Let us pray. Pour in us, O Lord, the spirit of your love, and in your kindness make those you have nourished by this one heavenly bread, one in mind and heart, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now thank we all our God With heart and hands and voices Who wondrous things has done In whom his world rejoices Who from our mother's arms Hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Oh, may this gracious God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us. Reserve us in his grace and guide us in distress and free us from all sin till heaven we possess. Heaven we possess. Heaven we possess.
1: <laughs>
10: Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.